Hi, everyone, and welcome to episode 19 of Marketing Corner with Casper and Jen. And today we are going to be discussing social selling. Uh, so Casper, why don't you kick it off and tell uh, our listeners what social selling actually is? Yeah, I think it's, uh, it's one of those cases where let, let's, uh, let's take a definition as a starting point. Yeah. I've, talked, uh, <laughs> I've talked a lot about social selling <laughs> in my time. And it's one of those uh, equally to growth hacking and uh, all those things. It's one of those buzzwords that the people either love or hate. Uh, and most people have had enough of it over some time. I personally heard it a lot in the last five years. So uh, that doesn't mean it's, it's wrong. So um, social selling, Wikipedia explains it as the process of developing relationships as part of the sales process. I, I think it's closer related to establishing someone as a thought leader and then utilizing that in your sales process. Uh, that, that would be my personal definition, but, but it's something along those lines. Whether it happens on LinkedIn, Facebook, Twitter, social channels, that technically doesn't matter. That's typically where you see it. Uh, so, but the social is it's being social with other people. So it's not, it can also just be offline. But uh, of course, my, my expertise in this or where I've done the most of it has been on LinkedIn. And that's where we're going to, at least from my perspective, that's going to, where I can talk the most about how I've done it. I think that's also where people, a lot of people do it. But there's also a lot of people who do it on Instagram. Uh, a lot of people who do it on Facebook. Uh, so so it can definitely be do, done a lot of different places. So it depends on your core demographic, right? I mean, definitely. My, exactly. my, my customers aren't on TikTok, <laughs> you know, so, but if they were, you know, maybe I'd be doing some TikTok, but uh, yeah. yeah. My stint with social selling started back in late 2016. There was a big algorithmic change, uh, algorithm change on LinkedIn, where, where uh, if I remember correctly, they went from focusing on uh, recency in their algorithm to relevance. So suddenly it meant that uh, instead of uh, if you posted first and then I posted after, then my post would be on top because it was the most recent. Then suddenly, if you had more likes, then you would be featured instead of mine. So, so a lot of people saw a huge surge of like impressions and stuff over LinkedIn and stuff. And I saw that too. And I then I started experimenting. And you have to remember that this is almost five years ago, right? So I, I, was a, I was a little bit more of a rookie than I am today. I started experimenting. I posted uh, for 30 days straight and got a lot of traction, like 50,000, 100,000 views. And it's crazy, right? And, and without knowing, I actually stepped my, took, took, a, took a step into the social selling area, right? And there are other experts out there that will disagree with my approach and all this stuff. But, 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 um, but I think social selling is super, super interesting. And I think there's a lot of value in it that people don't see. Um, so actually, after I did that, I started teaching every single one who started at Templify, not the developers, but uh, everyone who was tied into sales, so BDRs and A's, how to do social selling on LinkedIn. I used LinkedIn as the starting point because that's what I knew. The techniques were maybe a little bit different, but the principles you could technically use anywhere. And it was just about like saying, and I think a lot of people forget this, is that the company you are today, and let's be real and uh, let's be frank about this, you're probably not going to be in this company five years from now. The job market changed a lot, right? Most people don't stay with, with companies uh, after five years. It's totally fair. It's just the name of the game. Some people do, fair enough, but most people don't. But what stays sticks around is your personal brand, right? You want to build your personal brand that's going to be here forever. You want to start focusing on that. That will get your jobs, get your speaking gigs, get make you have closer friends, establish a network, all that stuff. But what you also want to do is you want to do this for the company side. 
So whenever I did this, especially for Templify, I've done it for Compliant, I'll do it for United Fintech and it works wonders, right? I go out and establish myself as some sort of thought leader in a space. And that helps the sales process in other aspects. So um, for salespeople, this is highly relevant. Like salespeople, it's literally the core of social selling. They talk about their products and then they can engage in conversations where people come to them instead of having to come to people. They build a relationship before they try to sell. In my case, I establish myself as a thought leader. So when the people hear about United Fintech or, or say like, okay, yeah, they have this uh, guy, Casper Market, he's doing really cool market. They're probably really good at what they do. Like Casper seems to be good at what he does, or he seems like a cool guy. I want either want to work there or I want to buy from there. Because a lot of people often go like, hey, Casper, you talk about marketing, we're selling fintech products. Not really, mm. it's, not, it's not that related. No, it's true. There's still marketing people in fintechs and there's still you know, other people around. And if imagine if you, all your departments suddenly did this, not to go on a tangent here, but we actually did that at Templify. And I have this, this crazy case study, which is... Uh, can't share I, I can i'll share some of the numbers but but it's really crazy so uh this is two and a half years ago so it's a little old but it, it still goes we had uh, once you pay a certain amount of linkedin they give you access to some cool stuff so they did a study that said we spend a, at that point we spend a lot of money on linkedin we were spending a solid amount on linkedin three digits right every month and we were actually when we were around 100, 150 people, I think, we were actually generating more value, more visits to our site from our organic postings than we did from our paid advertising. Listen, like more, and it's a little bit of a manatee metric because it's hard for them to measure accurately. So you can talk about attribution, blah, blah, blah. So anyways, point being, they could see a clear trend and see that you, we actually got more traffic to our site from what we did on social, meaning everyone, and this was from personal accounts, not from the company page, from personal accounts. They got more traffic to Templify's website than we did from our paid ads. And our paid ads was seen by, what was it? I think it was a million people impressions or something every month. And we got more traffic than that from a hundred people and not every, all hundred people posted. I was, uh, I posted a lot, <laughs> so I was probably the front runner, but we had some people also posted quite a lot. And, and that's when you suddenly realize, wow, like uh, you have to get people together and start seeing the bigger picture here. So that's always, that's been my approach. Then there's a lot of tactics and we'll get into that, but that's, uh, that's how I got started and really realized the power of introducing this at scale. If you can. Mm, that's uh, interesting. Have you, you Dixon, ever done something similar, worked in, 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 this, in the same approach? Yeah, we well, I've, every company I've worked at, one of marketing's objectives was to have someone in C-level be a thought leader. And that was maintaining their LinkedIn account, their Twitter account, usually, and not so much Facebook or, or things like that, but that's just because of our core demographic and getting them on stage, engaging with people on LinkedIn, getting involved in debates and things like that. Um, one of our strategies I remember at Plan Day was to monitor Medium and Quora. When we, people ask questions on Quora, make sure we're one of the first people to respond. And when it comes to things within our particular remit, right? And it's funny you mentioned the algorithm because I also, um, when I started my speaking gigs, I started using Twitter a lot more because it's pretty popular in a lot of places, maybe not so much in Scandinavia, but definitely UK and America. And I figured out using tools like Hootsuite that obviously the algorithm would favor you if you had, if you were having more followers than people you followed, right? And so I could see in this tool when someone unfollowed me, I'd unfollow them immediately because <laughs> that would keep, you know, because I didn't want to have tons of people I was following who weren't following me back. And within a couple of months, I had 5,000 Twitter followers. I'm sorry, I have to say that um, 
Tay Diggs, the actor, <laughs> follows me on Twitter. <laughs> Total fangirl moment. That's right, everyone. Tay Diggs, look him up. He's got beautiful. Him. Is one of my followers on Twitter. But anyway, so that's kind of where I got into, you know, trying to, at least as a personal brand, right? Because I only talk about marketing. I'm not going to dip my toe in maybe, maybe a little bit of customer support. And I did do a talk about how customer support is the new lead generation. I stick in my lane. <laughs> but a big part of that is getting the, you know, my company's brand out there. So the more followers I have on LinkedIn, for example, the more likes and engagements I get on posts, the more people who watch this, the name Dix is getting out there, even if it's not something I'm promoting actively. So I think it's a really smart idea. And actually at Dix, we have a position called chief CX evangelist. And so his job, yeah. he's super knowledgeable of CX. He's really, really, he's done it for years and he knows the Dix a product inside out. He helps set up people's accounts. He sees firsthand uh, what they're doing wrong, how we can make it better. And so he's a great guy to get on stage and talk about CX. And even though he's not like, you should get Dixa, 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 Dixa. He's exactly. talking about best practice. And hey, what do you know? We happen to also provide a tool that is aligned with that best practice. And so I think it's, exactly. it's a more I authentic way of uh, promoting yourself, I think. And um, that's I'm glad good. you bring that up because like uh, I have a case with it. So we had a, a, an account executive at Templify back in the day really nice guy i can say his name he's one of my good friends he's christian uh so christian was is a great guy and uh, to be fair saying the name christian in denmark doesn't really say a lot so i'm, I'm just gonna keep it there. there's millions of them so <laughs> it doesn't yeah don't worry he's we hey shout out to christian it's awesome anyways he would do the traditional way of, of selling exactly you just said you'd just be like hey uh are you looking to up your powerpoint game then uh, come talk to me he would do a post on linkedin like that and then he did a bunch of those. Uh, funnily enough, it didn't work, right? And then he would come to me and be like, Casper, uh, what, what's, what's going on? Why is this not working? I can't figure it out, blah, blah, blah. And then I gave him a few pointers. I think that's my point with this, is, is knowing the algorithm of where you play, like understanding the mechanisms that are in play on the channel you're using for social selling. So in this case, it was LinkedIn, right? So I said, okay, here's what you need to know about structure. People use it on mobile phones, still back then and still is, and this is a very high debatable thing, but try not to use links in your posts, put in the comments, all that stuff, right? And try not to sell. People can smell you're trying to sell a mile away. Don't sell, give out value 99% of the time. Then once the 1% where you're asking for value, asking for something in return, people are way more likely to actually do it because you've given them so much. Mm -hmm. So I taught him all these things, right? Then his third post had 250,000 views. And he went from having like 500 or a few hundred, right? 250,000 views on, a, on a, his third post. And he was fucking mind blown. And since then, he's been one of the best social selling people, uh, account executives I've ever seen. Like he totally, after he was like, wow, he was like a holy grail to him. He saw it and he got leads, he got job offers, he got opportunities everywhere it creates sustainable growth for you and for the company you're in and the thing i think is so important and this is all like let's be honest that's also why we are doing a podcast is like a podcast is good for us as brands but it's also good for uh, the companies we work for let's be real here so when people listen to this uh, hey guys for listening you're gonna Hi. listen to jen and casper and you're gonna hopefully <laughs> think like hey, jen and casper you're awesome you really know what you're talking about i'd love to go work for you or either you, if you don't want to work in marketing, you'd be like, hey, Dixa seems like a great product. We should consider that when we're buying the next uh, support system. Or United Fintech, when we're buying a market data solution, we should definitely look at those guys because uh, they at least have Casper. He knows what he's talking about. 
Mm-hmm. And, and that's the point, right? And that asset, when you go into your next job, which eventually will happen for everyone, let's be real. Nobody ever talks about this stuff, but, but eventually it happens. Everybody moves jobs. And when you go into your next job, you're bringing not only what you can skills-wise, but you're bringing an asset of value, significant value. Like mm-hmm. uh, I did a lead feeder webinar a few weeks ago now on ABM. Like, I think about 150 people from my social selling, this is one post. I think I did one post and about 150 registers for, for the webinar from one nice. post. I think it was uh, 30, 40% of their signups mm-hmm. based on my profile, right? For my brand. So it's an asset. It's valuable. And mm-hmm. that's something you take with you. So when the company, next time when they offer you salary, you can say, this is my skill level. I get to this. By the way, I also have this asset up here. It's how do we value mm-hmm. it? Maybe that's hard to do, blah, blah, blah. But it's definitely worth something. And it's funny because like a lot of people forget to talk about these things because we all know the superstars, right? Like when you know mm-hmm. Richard Branson, like you would never argue that Richard Branson, when he comes in, he doesn't just bring his experience and his skills. He brings who he is, like his brand. Mm-hmm. That is a significant value. You can do that too. And I have five, when I have almost 6,000 followers. Like once I get to 10,000, 30,000, eventually, wow, man, that's powerful. Like that, that, that matters. And people have to remember that. So start building it now and keep building it over time. Mm-hmm. I helped a lot of people with LinkedIn. Some, a lot of people come to me and say, hey, how do I get started? Blah, blah, blah. And what I've seen is people always come when they need something. And it's a little bit unfortunate. And it's the name of the game. But take my advice. Start building now. Because the day you need something, people will line up mm-hmm. to help you. Uh, so I had a, an older guy who had a job for, I won't say his name, really nice guy. Uh, who had a, a job for many years. I think it was the same company, 15, 20 years. Then he got fired. Shit happens, you know. That's the first time he reached out to his network, right? So he hasn't used his uh, LinkedIn profile in 20 years or 15 years or whatever. Now he gets fired and then he suddenly, now he needs his, the help from his network. Yeah. Whereas when I stopped at Templify, I stopped in my own account. I, uh, I did, The day I decided to stop at Templify, I uh, let loose to a little few of my network and I had eight job offers in four days. This guy uh, took him one and a half years to get a job. He got a good Dang. job, don't get me wrong, but but he had to reactivate his network. So, so your network, you have to see it as an asset. And that's, that's where I see social selling as part of that. So build your network around people you can sell to or you can get some that, that has value in your network and then finding a way to utilize that. that that's kind of what I've done a lot. I know it was a long rant here or something. but uh, No, I think that's really important because I think also the name of the game is authenticity. And that's why yeah. social selling is effective, right? I mean, I'm here talking to you about something I'm passionate about. I'm not here saying you should really try Dixa, you should really try Planet. You know, I'm talking about what I'm passionate about. If that resonates with someone and then they're like, let me go to Dixa.com. Hey, actually, this looks pretty cool. Let me sign up for a demo. Cool. You know, that's great. But it's not the point of what I'm doing this. And and actually for me, I mean, the point of me doing this was I need to stay sharp during maternity leave. <laughs> You know, no, and, no, that's cool. And, uh, exactly. And also, right? you know, talking to you, I think you know, tech barbecue. We 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 hit it off, and we were like, shit, man, we gotta yeah. we gotta keep this going. And if it has positive effects, that's great. I mean, maybe I'm not as strategic as uh, as you are with uh, knowing your algorithm. That's what this has all been about. I've been lied to. <laughs> you know? No, I'm just joking. But uh, yeah. no, I think it's a really good point. And and authenticity is the name of the game. And and 
don't try to sell to people. And that was something when I was at 23, 23 has the video marketing meetup where we have people come and talk about video marketing, video marketing, best practice. 23 does happen to be a video marketing platform, but we never really pushed the platform. We were just like, here's how company X does it. Here's how company Y does it. And, you know, they would just talk about their experiences. Yes. Most of them happen to be customers. Not all of them were customers. And I think, yeah, it's, it's authentic. You're giving value. I mean, the name of the game at the end of the day, right. Is we want to give value to people. And then if that builds a relationship, awesome, great. Let's, mm. let's have a relationship. And speaking of work, yeah, when we were hiring for marketing positions, I had a number of people actually say, we want to work for Jen, which is really cool. You know, and our exactly. head of selling acquisition was like, Hey, Jen, by the way, just to let you know, we've had a few applications of people who just really want to work with you. That's really great. So, I mean, if nothing else, at least employer branding, it, it has helped. It's so impactful. Don't do never underestimate that. It's so powerful. I, I recently hired a PPC specialist. I originally had a bot, so an automatic uh, reach out, reach out to him. I think it's three years ago when I was 25. We hadn't talked for three years. We just connected and then he just followed me and he'd followed me for three years and I posted and he saw me. So he got a lot of job offers. Like he's a PPC specialist. He knows his shit. He's really good. Right. So he, he, he got a lot of offers, but he said, you always like just reject him. He's happy where he is. He's doing a lot of cool stuff. But then when he got an approach from me, he was mm. like, wow, okay. I at least need to listen to this. I need to hear what he has to say. Yeah. This guy, he, he's, he's interesting. I've seen him around. Right. And, and that's the point, right? Technically I've, I had never met him before. Right. And the same with actually the head of content I hired, I'd never met her before, but she'd heard of me before we got together. Right. So don't underestimate the power when you're hiring. Like uh, that that's the whole asset part we talked about, I talked about before, right? When you come in and you're a head of marketing, well, you have to hire a team, right? And it's a lot easier to hire a team. People want to join your team, right? Like when you think, <laughs> yeah. you're, think you're doing yeah. good. Well, <laughs> so. it's almost like a warm lead, isn't it? It's like they're exactly, educated. Right? They know what they're getting into. They know what you're like. They've seen your pod or listened to your podcast. They've seen your webinar and they're like, that's someone I can gel with as opposed to someone who's like, ah, I don't really like this person. Why did I apply? Yeah, exactly. And I think to your previous point about authenticity, I think that's such a great point. I had some people in the beginning, they were very focused on what they were supposed to talk about instead of what mm -hmm. they wanted to talk about. They're like, okay, we work for Templify in this case. I'm supposed to talk about templates, PowerPoint management, stuff like that. Sure, but let's be real. That's not what you care about most of the time. <laughs> like you probably care about something else. So I had a case with a guy, uh, Jacob. He was really, he's really cool. He's a works for Templify still, a really cool guy. And he... Uh, he would fucking write about NASA and crypto and stuff because that's the stuff he cared about. Had yeah. anything to do with the Templify? Not really. But the people he connected with, they at least recognized that Templify was a thing. They mm. now understood that he, this guy, Jacob, he was smart and he worked for Templify and now he direct, okay, cool. That, that was the angle in. That's important because if you don't have, if you don't do it for anything you really like, you're gonna you're gonna run out of steam yeah, so fast. Yeah, like you're gonna run out of steam because it's gonna be ooh, then it's gonna be a task you don't enjoy. Like it's gonna be oh god, I have to post on LinkedIn again. Well, I mean, look at us. We're, we've hit episode 19. It is now 10 past 11 o'clock at night yeah. on a Tuesday, and we're doing this. We're talking about making it work, marketing. right? <laughs> After we're working about all marketing. day in marketing, we're talking been, about marketing, a, and we're still been happy. Been in Right, <laughs> in the office is eight, and here I am after uh, after talking kid in, and the wife is watching Netflix, and here I am. Here we are talking about fucking talking marketing. Let me ask you this, because this yeah. is something that has come up in my not me personally, but I've seen happen. Where is the line drawn between your your own account, your personal account, talking about what you want, 
and where you could potentially put your employer in an awkward position or in hot water. So say you are of a particular political belief and you Mm -hmm. mention it on your LinkedIn and maybe it makes your employer look in a bad light, but it's your personal LinkedIn. Where does that line lie with you? So fortunately, I've never had to face a real issue with that. But I have heard of many, many people who've had, and I, I think it's a hard one to navigate in, to be honest. And I, I'm not sure I have a really good answer, but, but I'll, I'll give you this. I had a few cases where the big thing about algorithms when it comes to LinkedIn and Facebook specifically, and everybody knows this these days, what sells? Controversial sells. So the yeah. more controversial you are, the more reach you will get. Mm-hmm. However, I have never done that myself. I'm fully aware that it works, and I would I would have much higher reach and much be much more prominent in the space if I said stuff more controversial. And I would be like, I hate salespeople or, or something like, <laughs> which I don't. I just want to highlight this claim. Yeah. I really don't. I, I love sales. But but if you said something really controversial or, or to start talking politics, right? Talking anti-vax mm. or talking something super controversial that would give you a lot of reach, but it's not positive, right? And it, it, it scares people. Off. So my, my, my take would be if somebody started building a profile and started actively saying something that was controversial in comparison to your company values, then I would flag it. I'm very generous with that. Like, I think uh, people can talk essentially about whatever they want, but there's a line where it crosses. If you, if you nine out of 10 times talk about politics and you, you demean other people or you use curse or you, like approach it in a very negative fashion, in my opinion, you're doing it wrong. Controversial is, then you shouldn't be another game. That's if you want to write maybe in column in an art, like in a newspaper. They want controversial. As a brand, I think it's different. I know what your take is that on that. Well, part. I have a I have a little anecdote for one of my first uh, real jobs. <laughs> Long ago, um, actually, this is when I lived in England. I had a friend starting in my department where I worked, and she had put on Facebook. This is on Facebook. It's the peak Facebook time, probably yeah, pre-Instagram. Yeah. So this is a while ago. But she had written um, that she was really excited to start at this new department. She says, I'm looking forward to starting my new job. Didn't say the employer, didn't say anything like that. I worked at a university. I did not have any students who were friends. I did not talk about where I work because I wanted to keep my work life separate from my personal Facebook account. But I had commented on her post saying, um, it's a line from the office where, uh, because of course the office is my life and where Dwight says to Jim, welcome to hotel hell. Check-in time is now. Checkout time is never. And I wrote that on her wall as a joke, because the two of us, she watches the office. She gave, you know, she laughed and we had a laugh about it. Six months later, I got called into a disciplinary meeting with my manager saying I had defamed the university on a public platform. Wow. And I said, well, how did I do that? And they said, well, you referred to working in your department as hell. And I said, well, no, I never mentioned my employer. I never mentioned my department. I have no connection whatsoever. This is my personal Facebook group. And it was Someone I'm connected to, someone she's connected to, took a screenshot and sent it to my manager. And it was this big thing. And I got my union involved because I said, this is bullshit. I didn't actually mention my employer at all. This is my personal account. And I won. I won the case. Mm, that's cool. So I think there's that. But then at the same time, I agree with you. When I see certain things on LinkedIn, I feel like LinkedIn is different because your employer is listed on your profile. Yeah. It says exactly. on your profile here's my name, here's my title, here's who I work for, and you're automatically bringing them into it. And so I think it's really difficult because the argument is this is my personal profile. This is my thoughts, my feelings, my opinions, but your employer's name is right up there um, with you and it could reflect badly on the employer. So I think it is a gray area and I would never put anything on LinkedIn that 
I mean, there's yeah. even times I put stuff on LinkedIn and my manager's been like, that was uh, crossing the line. And I'm like, really? No, but it, essentially, <laughs> like, I view it as like, it's the same with influencer marketing, right? Like, uh, and all, you have these like uh, advocates for like uh, the other children and, and UNICEF and stuff. And then if they go out and say, hey, I, I don't believe in Holocaust, right? Then, then you <laughs> probably can't become the uh, like advocate for save the children anymore or something like that, right? Something mm-hmm. similar, like. Uh, and I think this is maybe an extreme example, but I think, I think it's the same rule applies, right? Like for every employee. And I think that's yeah. fine. Like personally, I think that's fine. I think that that's the nature of the game. And I think that's, that's how it should be. And a lot of people go, hey, uh, free speech and all that stuff. Yeah, yeah. free speech uh, somewhere else. Like LinkedIn, That's not free of consequences. No, exactly. It's not. As an American, I can go say crazy. free speech. Like I'm all for free speech, but, but yeah. things have... Like it's also it's also up to the company to say okay we we, we don't we don't want to have that in our company it's not it's not tied to our values and I think that's fine almost never really had any of high consequence to it but but I'm I'm sure I will if you're sure I'll, I'll stumble across it a little bit more but it's definitely something to take into consideration. Yeah, I don't know the answer because I understand the argument of it's my personal profile. But there is also that your employer's name is right up there, and that's why I would strongly suggest people do not put their employer on Facebook. Um, and, and stuff like that. Some people like to say works at blah, blah, blah. It's up to you and what you post. But um, I think LinkedIn is the only thing that it's really difficult to separate yourself from I, your employer. I think uh, one thing I maybe I forgot to bring up is also that like, especially when it comes to LinkedIn, I think this the same goes for Facebook, other platforms as well, but, but especially LinkedIn, company pages are naturally limited. I don't think they say that officially, LinkedIn or Facebook as well. But the reach from from your post from a company post is significantly lower than from a personal post. And it ties back to an old saying in marketing, right? Where like people don't buy from companies, they buy from people. I'm buying a solution from Gen Atixa. That's what you have to remember when you do this stuff that you're representing someone else in, in this case. But that's also why you have so much more power than you are actually aware of. Timbify had three more than three times as many followers than I did. And I reached 10 times as many people every month than Templify did organically. Mm-hmm. And it, it just goes to show that you can really take this far if you want, if you want to, right? Um, so, so key takeaways? So <laughs> key it. takeaways, uh, <laughs> invest in it, understand, decide on a platform. I, I don't believe in having multiple platforms. So decide on one platform that you do this on, like typically it was LinkedIn, but it may, could also be Instagram. Uh, Pinterest is also a good one. Uh, Facebook, uh, fine maybe. Understand the algorithm behind that platform. I think that's a really important part that's often overlooked. A lot of people say like, yeah, but it's just about doing right now. Understand the algorithm. If you don't understand, you're going to waste a lot of time. So take the moment, maybe mm-hmm. find a course or talk to me or talk to you or whatever. Talk to someone who knows the algorithm a little bit. Understand it. Play the game like it's supposed to be played. And then start building your personal brand there. Start posting regularly. Consistency is rewarded, right? Mm-hmm. So once you post one, post once a week, uh, start getting traction. Post about the things that you care about. Be authentic about this stuff. And, and once you do that, you will see results. I promise you that. That I've never had a case with someone who didn't see results. And this has led to, I've helped people find jobs this way. I've helped people, like multiple yeah. people find jobs that are jobless and say like, okay, instead of doing this whole CV battle, start connecting with people, use a bot if you want to, I can show you some tactics or start posting. And they've done that and they found jobs. That's some of the most rewarding stuff you can ever do, to be honest, mm-hmm. for me. That's some of the stuff that's made me the most happy over time is that I've helped actually help people who were desperate to find jobs or didn't have success in the normal approaches. Uh, and then they actually found jobs through this, through this approach. Mm-hmm. It works. Uh, but it takes time and takes dedication and takes uh, consistency. And be authentic. Yeah. 
be authentic. Be authentic. Don't be on there trying to sell. We you can smell people it. are savvy. We can smell it a mile away. Just talk about what you're passionate about and people will come to you exactly. as we found with this, this podcast. Exactly. Keep listening. Amen. Share with your friends. Listening. Tell all Share of it. <laughs> Tell us what you want us to talk about. You know, we have the small startup experience. We have medium scale up. Yeah. We want to help you. And exactly. And, we're and if still you buy so from small, our company, that's cool too. Like <laughs> that, uh, <laughs> exactly. Not why we're we're still it, so but. small. So if you like, if you write to us, we will respond. Like, uh, oh yeah. yeah, we'll be there. I always say to people when I've taught this stuff that the per- first message you get from me is most likely a bot if I connect with you. <laughs> but, but the second message, that's always me. That's always me, man. Uh, well, if I if I respond to you, it's probably because I'm doing a feeding at two o'clock in the morning <laughs> or four o'clock in the morning. So uh, it might be at weird times, but uh, not. it's not a bot. It's me literally with a bottle in one hand. <laughs> desperately scrolling through my phone on the other it's like what do you want (laughs) please human contact Uh, and uh on that note on that uh, note let's call it messaging me at like two in the morning now about nothing i bet right and and we're all for it yes (laughs) but on that note thank you very much everyone and uh, we'll see you at the next episode bye bye